0: of 1992, Matthew Botsford was walking out of a restaurant in Atlanta, Georgia, and he found himself in the middle of a gunfight with bullets flying all over the place. Matthew was shot in the back of the head with a nine millimeter bullet. And as he describes it in a book he wrote called A Day in Hell, he says he, he before he knew it, he had died. He said, I felt a hot needle-like piercing, excruciatingly painful for a brief moment in the top of my head. And then he would spend the next 27 days in a coma, his body would, and he, and he would say he spent the next 27 days in the underworld, in hell itself. He describes the experience this way. He said, it was an utter darkness enveloped me as if a thick black ink had been poured over my eyes. He later described being hung over an abyss as heat blasted up from below, and pairs of demonic eyes creeping toward him. It's the stuff of nightmares, the stuff of Freddy Krueger movies, and 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 just deep, dark, and frankly evil, right? But he says that as these eyes were moving toward him, a divine entity, as he calls it, grabs him by the waist and says, it's not your time, and yanks him back to life. Now I realize that's probably not the way you wanted to start your Sunday morning, talking about sin and death and darkness and hell. But as we finish up our series called The Sting, where we talk about the the realities and the lies of sin and death, I think it's important that we face that reality. We face the reality that there is a death, a physical death that our bodies will die. The Bible also describes two other kinds of death. We covered them a couple of weeks ago. There's a, a spiritual death. That's a separation from God which all of us are in that state. We are spiritually dead until we reconnect with God, until we become one of his family again. We're adopted into his family. We talked about that last week by following Jesus Christ. And then there's an eternal death, which isn't an ending of existence per se. What it is is an eternal separation from God. At the end of the day, I think that God gives us a choice. He lets us choose Our eternity. He lets us choose between one of two things. Eternally being with him. Being in the presence of love. And light and mercy and grace and peace and strength. Or to be eternally separated from him. With him or without him. And without him is the absence of all of those things that are good and wonderful. It is... Darkness like an ink that covers your eyes. It is the presence of demonic eyes chasing you. Because there is nothing to hold them back anymore. We started our discussion in the book of Genesis as as death itself was introduced or birthed into creation. And then over the last couple weeks we followed the realities the impacts of death what that has done to our existence not just with us human beings but with creation itself and ultimately with our relationship with God but this week we're going to have an emotional I think discussion about how it ends about the fact that God has offered an alternative. He's offered an opportunity that, that is two things for us. It is both already, and that if you've chosen to follow Jesus Christ, it's already here in so many ways, but but not not also not yet. It's not complete. It's not full. And it's the fullness of that reality that I want us to consider. But as we read through our text, we're going to see both sides. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 21, verses one through eight, and we're going we're going to see both sides of this equation and I want to make sure that we understand that there there is a decision to be made, and that there are wonderful realities ahead for those who follow Jesus, and that there aren't horrible realities ahead for those who don't and It's important for us as followers of Christ to remember that as we process our life. And remember that as we reach out to others who are on the path that are going going down the place they don't want to go, and they just don't know it. So if you would, read with me. We're in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to read out of the Christian Standard Bible. It says this, it says, Then I saw a new heaven, this is John's vision, John's vision given to him by God. It says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. And then the one seated on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And he also said, right Because these words are faithful and true. And then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But the cowards, the faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, the sorcerers, adulterers, and liars their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur which is the second death that term second death first shows up in revelation chapter 2 i believe but it's it's only used here in the book of revelation and I think that's because John and, and God himself want us to understand that this is different. This is this is the final step. This is the reality of things to come. He speaks of this world passing away. Right? It's the euphemism that we use for death now when we don't want to say it or talk about it. We say someone has passed away. And, and it's interesting to me that John here has said it passes away the old earth has passed away and been replaced by something new if you've ever seen harry potter the harry potter movies harry potter and the order of the phoenix comes to mind for me uh P- harry's mentor dumbledore has this phoenix this bird this mythical bird that is is absolutely gorgeous but over the course of the movies and and powerful and amazing but over the course of the movies you see this this bird gradually get older and older. And in this movie in particular, the bird becomes molted and and worn out and tired, and he is unable to fly anymore. I think that for us, that describes the world we are in. We are in a world that it feels tired to us. Well, it also feels tired in general. It is difficult. It is hard. It will wear us out. But the phoenix... Phoenix when when the Phoenix passes away he he turns to ashes he literally bursts into flame and turns to ashes and is rebirthed into something new a brand new Phoenix something incredible and powerful and amazing and lifted up and bright and shining and 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 that is what we're talking about here John is trying to help us understand that this world that is aging, and broken, and wrong, and messed up, and and you know it. I don't have to tell you. You you watch the news. You live your life. You walk out on the street in Atlanta, or whatever it is you are, and you feel like if there aren't physical bullets flying, there are emotional bullets flying. Like the world is out to get you sometimes. If you've ever felt that way, you know how this feels. If you've ever felt like no matter how hard you try, you can't quite get to where you want to go, you know how this feels. The world is falling apart around us and the truth is for it to be recreated, for it to be brand new, it must pass away. It must be gone and be replaced by something new that you just, you know that at certain times in your life when you're trying to fix something or repair something, let's say you have a dishwasher you're trying to repair, there is just a point where you just have to ask yourself, is it even fixable anymore? And God is saying, look, at some point the world will be unfixable. And when it's unfixable, I will replace it. I will replace it with a new creation. I will replace it with Jerusalem dropping down, right? He says this vision of Jerusalem dropping down from heaven and it's this bright shining light and it is adorned like a bride prepared for her groom. That is just a wonderful, a wonderful, incredible image. I've had the the blessing of doing a number of of weddings before and I got to tell you, I've never seen... I've never seen an ugly bride, ever, because they walk into that day glowing. They walk into that day dressed and prepared and excited and nervous and all of that all at once. And I watch the groom's face. There's no greater feeling than a groom who turns to see his bride. And tears come to his eyes because she is so beautiful. It can feel like right now we are in a construction zone. And the, the text here says that. It says in verse 5, it says, look, the one seated on the throne, that's God said, look, I am making everything new. There's a an ongoing process here of of renewal and redemption. That's the already we have access to the things of God as followers of Christ, but not yet. It's not quite all there. And if you've been through a construction zone, construction zones, orange barrels, restricted lanes, it's difficult in the moment. But if God is working not just on this earth, but if he's working on you, And it's because he wants something better for you down the road. And what he wants for you is to be eternally with him in this shining bright city that is adorned and prepared like a bride waiting for her groom. He wants you to be in this place where there is no more death, where there is no more grief, where there is no more crying and there will be pain no more because that molted ugly part has passed away. Whether that be the earth or that be you, it's gone. It's passed away and been replaced by something new because it is better. Asking in the presence, the very presence of God. He promises that. He wants that. He asks for that, and he tells us how to get there. It's to choose to follow his son, Jesus Christ. And what's most amazing to me about the oncoming heaven, eternity, in the presence of God is that it is holiness restored. We talked about that in the book of Genesis, him building his temple. He constructed creation so that it could be his place where he was residing and walking with his people and they would be his people and he would be their God. That's the call all the way through the text all the way through the bible of god calling his people back to him and saying i want to be your god again i want to be the leader i want to be the restorer i want to i want to adopt you i want you to be my children and us going well sometimes we do and sometimes we don't and him saying no this isn't a sometimes thing this is a we are in or we are not you are in my presence or you are not please come be in my presence i want What is good for you? He is restoring holiness here in the book of Revelation. Restoring it completely. Although, I would argue only better. Only better. And you say, better? I I thought Eden was heaven. No. It was a created temple and it was good. Yes, absolutely. But there was also the presence of a serpent there, right? And the presence of the knowledge of good and evil. Is that bad? No. It's simply different. And God has chosen to say that this time around, none of these things will be an issue to you. He didn't create heaven for the angels, fallen or with him, to be in. He created it for you. And he created it for me. And that is mind-boggling to me. I just can't even process that. And yet he did. He created this for you. This is his temple restored. It is God again returning on his throne and staying there. It is, it is us being next to him. He says he's gonna give the water of life, freely give this water of life. Remember that thing in the Garden of Eden that he said, no, you. now that you've sinned, now that you've fallen short, now that you've been broken, you cannot have eat from the tree of eternal life. You cannot give that, you cannot have that. That's not a good thing for you. But he's saying when you are restored with him, when you are in his presence, that that is freely given to you you have access to it jesus speaks about it in john chapter 4 as he's sitting at a well with the woman at the well and and they're talking about water, literal water that has come from Jacob's well. And Jesus says to her, look, if you knew what kind of water I'm offering you, it is the, the water that will cause you to never thirst again. It will quench your thirst. That is that is the holiness we are talking about. That is the, the presence of God in heaven is to be with him every day, every night, every moment, and to have free access to this water of living, a water of life that... We don't deserve, but he freely offers for those who come to know his son. I wanna be clear here. I want us to remember that there is a reality. As Dwight L. Moody says, he says, for one who is born once, they will die twice. If you are born once of a mother physically, you will die physically and you will die spiritually. But he also says he who is born twice will only die once. If you are born again in Jesus Christ, if you have chosen to follow him, then the only thing that's going to happen to you is your body is going to physically die. And what's really amazing is he's going to raise it back up. Jesus was the first fruits. He was the first to come back from the dead, the first to conquer that. And he he is offering the same to you, the same opportunity to you to be with him in heaven from the minute your physical body passes on, to be with him forever, to be never separated, to never experience a spiritual death, to never experience an eternal death because you have been brought to eternal life in him. He has offered that. And yes, I'm sitting here in a pulpit, well, not literally, I'm in my office, saying you have a choice to make. And I, I avoid saying that often, but I want to be very, very clear. It is a choice that each of us is offered and each of us has an opportunity to make. And the difference is one of us who do, who chooses, if we choose to separate ourselves from God, we're going to experience what Matthew Botsford experienced For 27 days, we're going to experience for eternity. And if we choose to follow him, we're going to experience eternal life, peace, grace, love, and the very presence of God, the creator of the universe, the author of love, and the savior of the world. That is what he wants for me. That's what he wants for you. And that's what we should want for one another. It is my prayer today that you will come to know the Lord if you do not yet. It is also my prayer that if you do know someone who does not yet know him, that you will tell them that you will tell them not because you're trying to scare them, but because you love them and because you want them to experience only one death and eternal life with Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and he be gracious to you. May he grant you favor and give you peace. God bless.